Hello and welcome to the 114th roundup of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT. I'm your host, Anu. I'm the founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, especially automation, paid media, and my passion for doing digital reporting well through a tool that is already on everybody's laptop. Yes, that's right. It's Microsoft Excel. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry, or even just get my favorite script of the week, um, why don't you like, comment, and follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram on the handle MindSwanPPC. Um, or just to see snippets, especially on um, and snippets and previous quotes um, from the previous podcasts that we've done, please. Um, yeah, we've actually now got a dedicated post, um, Instagram podcast, podcast Instagram page even. Um, so yeah, follow us there on PPC chat, twit underscore Twitter underscore roundup. That's again, that is PPC chat underscore Twitter underscore roundup to follow our um yeah snippets and um previous quotes of um of, of the podcasts on instagram in this week's discussion we have julie vicini again take the helm in leading us on the topic of ccpa now i actually initially thought this was um customer cost per acquisition but no it is not <laughs> it's actually the consumer california Privacy Act, um, and for my EU listeners, that is actually the equivalent of the GDPR. Um, so that did so as it didn't really apply to um, yeah us the UK advertisers and like UK clients. I pretty much just lurked in the background and yeah just to see if there were any crossovers in behaviors from our US experts, um, and there were a few. Um, but first, we continue with our little quiz um, on this very topic. What date? preferably month and year, did GDPR come into effect? And that's for our EU listeners here. So what date, preferably month and year, did GDPR come into effect? And you get an extra point if you know the exact day as well. Anyway, so let's get back to Julie leading this chat. So starting off, Julie just goes, um, hello and thank you for joining me today. We'll be talking about CCPA. But first, how are you all doing? And um, Julie Vice replied, it's weird. We're doing really good here. But I'm very worried for friends and family living elsewhere. Yeah. If you look at the news, there's lots of things to be worried about. So, yeah, I just don't listen to the news as much. Um, anyway, so... Um, and then LTX replies, good here, working to onboard a new client. So having some fun, learning their brand voice and discussing opportunities for growth. Kami Karras replies, I'm good. Finally got to get out of town for a change of scenery. Yes, that's really nice. Um, I, I, I want to do that very soon. Um, Julie replies, we're adjusting to life with our puppy. Um, with a new puppy, it's like having a toddler again. She's adorable and a sweet dog. Just regular puppy shenanigans. <laughs> That's so cute. Um, and then, yeah, Julie then just goes on straight into um, question one. She says, are you familiar with the CCPA that went into full effect on July 1st, 2020? So, yeah, that's why the answer, my quiz earlier on was not about the CCPA because there will be the answer right there. Um, anyway, so Julie answers herself. I Julie answers herself, saying, "I have not read the full text of the law, but I have been reading up on industry pieces and also info from law firms. It's helpful in understanding what it is and what you need to do about it." Elches replies, "More familiar than I want to be already. LOL. This stuff unfortunately makes us one part marketing and one part lawyer. Yeah, there's a lot of like." legal stuff in those in these kind of regulations you also have to keep telling clients you are not actually a lawyer and they should consult their legal counsel to go 
over the specifics. That's very true. And I think that would definitely apply, apply even to GDPR as well. And then Julia Vice replies, I'm not, but I'm familiar with CASL. I don't know that one, but she also then mentions um, she's, a, she's familiar with GDPR. So my hope is that it's similar. Um, Ryan Bennion replies, yes, to me, it seems like California's version of GDPR. It also seems like Facebook is trying to offload the responsibility to the advertisers, but it's it's but isn't being clear on how to do so. Yeah. yeah. That's annoying. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Julie going on to question two, saying, um, did you do anything in advance of CCPA to prepare your client's website or advertising strategies for it? If so, what did you do? I think there was a lot of, like, just telling our clients to gather as much of their data as possible and just making sure that, you know, they keep track of where things are. And, and um, But there was a little bit more panicking, I feel, as well, than was needed for us with GDPR. What do you guys think if you're in the EU area? Um, Julia Vice replies to question two, saying, not in my case. We're still in the weird headspace of sensitive topics ads, even though we're in another country advertising to another country. Julie replies, um, I did not do anything in advance of CCPA going into effect on July 1st. L Chase replies, we updated audience list in many cases to exclude CA residents to be safe at launch. Most of the brands I work with wanted to err on the side of caution until things were more well-defined processes. So yeah, loads of processes there. Julia Vice replies to that saying, that sounds like a big shift. Do you collect emails or are you talking about simple retargeting lists? L Chase replies, retargeting only just to be safe. I know um, brands also did work with customer service to train on removing customer information if asked from email lists. Julia Vice replied, oh my word, internet browsing history is in this FAQ. Does that mean Google can't sell your search history or does it mean cookies are a no-no? Mike M replies, this is what I want to know. Does using free tools like GA mean I'm selling data? Should we all be switching to a first-party analytics tools and yeah and these are the kind of things you worry about um and um yeah going on a thread here julie then had asked um in yeah in response to question one um where julie had asked are you familiar with the ccpa simon poulton replies yes very well versed in some in most aspects um julie replied glad to have you join us today was the biggest thing you think advertisers need to know about ccpa simon replied the biggest thing is probably knowing if you're required to be compliant based on the three criteria references in ccpa in this article for reference um and i'll um give a link to that on the website and Simon replies to that if you are required to be compliant then you need to speak with a lawyer and ensure you have an opt-out solution on site for CA users so that's California users I imagine remember IP counts as personal information this is extremely broad and extends in remarketing functions in particular I wish this article covered what happens with agencies Mm, that's interesting and then Julia goes on to question three saying are you seeing any changes in your data that you think are a result of CC CPA. And in response to question three, we've got Andrea Cruz replying saying the real changed change happened on Facebook with the limited data enforced right away. Ryan Bennion replies, I've seen Facebook advertisers report that California is under reporting and they've tested this by separating out California from the audience and the ad set with California in it has a lot of unreliable data. Yeah, I wonder whether that we had that with um, GDPR with some locations and some areas just reporting unreliable data. That's not any, that's not a feedback I've heard yet, but is it something you guys have had? 
or seen even, yeah, so just let us know on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Choose your medium. Um, and then going on um, to the question question four, Julie gives us saying, how, if at all, are you adjusting your strategies now that CCPA is being enforced? In reply to that, Julia Vice says, not much. We didn't have much in marketing anyways due to other Facebook factors. Cough, cough, boycott, cough, cough. So mostly um, I'm keeping an eye on other digital channels and how they can stay safe. And in response to question three, we've got Tim Halloran saying, um, yes, one client had a big drop the day it was enforced. State of California went from first in traffic to 10th. Their customer data is clean. So we turned full features back on, but stark, stark contrast for sure. Yeah, we definitely, I've got some of my um, friends who own businesses seeing that a lot of like their followers on different, um, yeah, social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram really um, went down a lot. So there was those, those kind of issues. Julie Bicini then goes on to answer question four saying, I think this all plays nicely into Facebook's desire to have you just target broadly and let them figure it out, but not be legally responsible. That still falls on you, the advertiser, of course. El Chase replies to question four saying, we have adjusted the building of audience, audience list for remarketing, also making sure customer service is able to remove people from everything from abandoned cart emails and other types of marketing that is more personal andrea cruz replies to question four saying recommending facebook seems like a risk since they are basically trying to wash the hands is that a phrase americans canadians um, used and then reply to question four julia vice goes it's their end game and the twist is every pitch deck and news yickety yak about Facebook is the targeting. Oh my stars! They can target fans' face with fans' face with hands. They just want a broadcast model. Julie replies to that saying, "Facebook's biggest selling point, in my opinion, has always been lookalike audiences. Every marketer since the beginning of time has always wanted to find more customers like my best customers, and the promise of the lookalike is to do just that, essentially." magically <laughs> um and yeah julie replies to that saying i'll take google similar audiences any day of the week based on conversions and search behavior not just dog videos sorry i love them too but it's not a good audience strategy tim halloran replies i also think no one knows how to completely interpret ccpa so everyone's covering their behinds el chase replies i agree brands are trying to be safe and lower their risk until we know for sure what to do and in reply to Julia Vice, where she had said it's the end game and the twist is every pitch deck and news yickety yak about Facebook is the targeting. Tim Halloran replies, I also think no one knows how to completely interpret CCPA. So everyone's covering their behinds. El Chase replies, I agree. Brands are trying to be safe and lower their risk until we know for sure what to do. And Andrea Cruz replies, I found it annoying. They were like, let's do the opposite of GDPR by creating an opt-out version of it. And then we've got Dogar Thomas replying to question two saying, ah, I love CCPA and more importantly, the larger implication, but even our large national e-commerce company doesn't fall under the requirements. And then we've got Julie giving us question five saying, do you think it is wise to start coming up with strategies to deal with laws like CCPA being enacted in more states or even federally here in the US? Are you doing so now or plan to? But before we get into that, we've got um, a response to Julie's answer to 
Julia Weiss's answer, where Julia had said, Facebook's biggest selling point, in my opinion, has always been lookalike audiences. Every marketer since the beginning of time has always wanted to find more customers like my best customers. And the promise of the lookalike is to do just that, essentially, magically. Um, Andrew replies, except isn't big tech's dream that we just put our budget into a super broad black box and let machine learning do everything. No more need for digital marketers. At least that's what they keep telling everyone. Julia Weiss replies, exactly. And then Tim Jensen replies to question um, five, saying still trying to figure out the specific details on what's relevant for each client. But yes, good to be proactive in sharing strategies to make sure we're compliant. And then we've got um, Julia Weiss's answer to question five, saying, I think we should. But again, my experience is with cross-border uh, cross border privacy rules. Our North Star should always be how are my customers safest and most supported? That's how you build long term loyalty and sales adjust accordingly. Tim Halloran replies, Not a novel concept, but first data, first party data is king. Find ways to retain all the demand generated traffic in the form of creative opt ins like newsletters, ebooks, webinars, etc. Don't let it go to waste, especially now with the demise of third party um mike m replies question five saying absolutely we don't do a ton of business on the west coast so i haven't been terribly concerned but i know new jersey where we are based and i think ma i think that's maryland both have bills working their way through that are going to be similar only a matter of time before it's federal sam replies question five saying we're definitely thinking about additional privacy law and different ways we can balance data capture and deployment with existing and potential new laws better be to be thinking ahead versus getting caught flat footed Julie, Julie Bicini replies question five herself saying it would be smart to be thinking about how you would do your job without some of the data we now take for granted. For example, what if you could no longer remarket? What would you do instead? And then we've got El Chase replying to question five saying brands need to be thinking about it now. If brands are developing systems um, they need to build in controls they can easily change up. You can also move from default opt-ins to default opt-outs. Ask them to opt-in, provide value, and they will opt-in. Um, and then, yeah, Tim Halloran replies, um, continues his reply to question two. Uh, sorry, continues his reply to question five, saying, and for crying out loud, don't use prospecting campaigns to get hard leads with seven form fills for long sales cycles. That's a great way to get a 0.02% conversion rate. Another component to teach, uh, another component to this is teaching clients if there's um, if their last click gong ho, you're going to have a bad time. Um, and then John, John Kagan replies to question five saying not to downplay CCPA, but I think we all need to start game plans because once Chrome goes, no third party cookies, the game will be changed. Um, and yeah, Julie replies hard truth right there. Um, we've got um, Agvilla. Ag Agvilla Defazio replying to, to question five saying, yes, we are, um, we are because typically California passes law first um, that then go into effect or, and, or are considered across other states later. Um, we discuss backup plans with our clients so we can pivot faster if necessary down the line. 
Um, and then in reply to Julie's answer to question five, where Julie had said it would be smart to be thinking about how you would do your job without some of the data we now take for granted. Tim replies, great point. Marketers who only spout of a list of tactics they always use are going to fail here. Those who get the broader principles of being good marketers and communicators will win in being able to adapt. And um, even though this is not an answer that's quite relevant to CCPA or uh, paid media, when Julie asks, uh, when Julie gives her answer to um, question five, where she says, for example, what if you could no longer remarket, what would you do instead? Tim replies, move north, buy a cabin, become a pottery maker and roast my own coffee. <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love to roast my own coffee. Actually, no, I wouldn't love to roast my own coffee. I'd love readily roasted coffee done by somebody else that i can drink fresh <laughs> and then continuing her continuing her answer to question five julia um, replies saying i also think it's wise to start having these conversations with clients even if it is along the lines of what is allowed in the digital space is always fluid and we will keep you informed as things change and advise you on ways our strategies will need to adapt and um, in reply to Tim Halloran, where Tim had said, and for crying out loud, don't use prospecting campaigns to get hard leads with seven form fills for long sales cycles. Tim replied, yeah, get people out of the mindset that 100% of leads are going to have perfect attribution. Conversion tracking is equally the best thing and worst thing ever for digital marketers, depending on how it's approached. Yes, sometimes conversion marketing and just talking about it and dealing with it and fixing it is a big headache. Sorting, trying to sort that out for a client right now as we speak. And Julie gives us question six saying, do you foresee any unforeseen consequences of this law or others like it that may follow suit to CCPA? And in reply to question five, we've um, got, yeah, well, in reply to Julie's answer to question five, where um, Julie had said it would be smart to be thinking about how you would do your job without some of the data we now take for granted. Andrew McGarry replies saying those people who would traditionally be in remarketing audiences, as in they visited your site 24 hours ago, but cookie expired, you can still be targeted. You have to craft a faux remarketing audience that is remarketing in all but name. Oof, that sounds complicated. Um, and he continues uploading customer email list gets mentioned as a tactic but in 2020 it's like remarketing on crack it's if there's any purchase intent intent notice and you sell that thing they'll see one of your ads it's scary how fast it picks up the scent of your wallet um tim jensen replies anyone know if california residents are still eligible to be matched in customer email lists moving forward or if they have to opt in or opt out for it to work or not displaying my ccpa ignorance here um, and yet um, tim replied i asked my agency rep if limited data used ldu um, is on does facebook filter out california users in customer lists and she said yes i asked if it's the same for dpa and she didn't know about that not sure what this acronyms are but that's very interesting to know and we've got some people being tagged in to check that thread out um, and then, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, Kami Karras replying to question six, saying there are always unforeseen, con unforeseen consequences of every new law. We live in a very complex society, still dealing with AB5 unforeseen consequences. Consequences 
in California, um, Tim Jensen replies to question six, saying, I know one of the big fallouts from GDPR was bigger companies winning because they had the resources to comply, while smaller companies scrambled. Yes, definitely what we saw. Looks like with the big size guidelines for CFTPA, this might not be so much an issue, though. Um, I hope not. Um, and then Julia, um, Julia Bicini replies to question six herself saying, I'm very curious how much of this will end up impacting analytics. That data is anonymized, so it should not be impacted, but I suspect it probably will be. Think of everything you do that should, that would be completely disrupted if analytics as we know it is gone. Um, Dougar Thomas replies to question five saying, yes, five um, somewhat easy steps. One, do a data inventory what are you collecting? What do your vendors collect? Two, do spring cleaning. Do you need that data? Do you really need that data? When can you destroy that data? Three, write your privacy policy in plain English. And continuing, four, now that you've, re you've rewritten your privacy policy, what seems icky? What wouldn't you want to have done to you? Remove that tracking, destroy the data and remove it from your privacy policy. Five, tell your clients that you've updated your privacy policy and get feedback um andrea cruz replies four make it nationwide i think she meant six for that one too complicated to know what to do in florida versus california if states start coming up with their own thing dogar thomas replies yes number one inform your customers they deserve to know what you do with their data to collect only the data you need it's easier to destroy what they don't what doesn't exist easier to destroy what doesn't exist Three, think hard about your tools. If you're tracking forms, what analytics do you really need? And a very interesting thread here because, yeah, Tim had asked earlier on saying, um, anyone know if CA residents are still eligible to be matched in customer email lists moving forward or if they have to opt in or opt out for it to work or not? Andrew McGarry replies, great questions. Who's got the answer? And Julie like, tags in a few people like Akvilla. Um, Defazio replies saying, great question, Timothy. As far as I understand, they should still get matched if based on email rather than pixel. How do you interpret it, Simon? Um, Simon replies to that saying, um, so the text still exists and because CCPA is opt out, then the rules should only apply to users that opt out. My best um, response is to keep a list of folks that have opted out in your CRM or CDP and purge them from all uploads, etc., to remain compliant with the do not sell directive. Um, Tim Jensen replied, thanks. So potential liability would be to the company itself if a user technically opted out but was still being shown ads. Um, Simon replies, um, so the issue itself is not specifically showing ads, rather it's the selling of data to ad platforms for targeting. Selling seems to be broadly defined as sharing for a gain. In this context, a user may still get prospecting ads coincidentally even if they opted out. The hard part, for me at least, is in order to actively suppress these audiences from any ads, you need to pass that data to Facebook for suppression, which would violate CCPA if they opt out. Lord, there's so many complications with that one. I feel it's like a damned if you do, damned if you don't, because they can show the ads, but you have to tell Facebook not to, to suppress um, the, the ads, but... Should, giving that data to Facebook is against the the, um, the legal laws. Oh, this is very confusing for me. Thank God I am not um, in the US, so I don't advertise in the US. And then some um, more 
well, some, some uh, yeah, less complicated que- answers to the question. Dogar Thomas replies um, to this is to, to Tim saying that, yeah, so if they have to opt in or out, opt out to work out or not. Oh, actually, sorry. Anyone know if CA residents are still eligible to be matched in customer email lists moving forward or if they have to opt in or opt out for it to work or not. So replying to that, we have Dogar Thomas going, CCPA is largely opt out with informed consent. And then we've got um, Simon Poulton again giving some more context to um, the answer, saying that it's a little complicated, but yes, email list will still work if folks have not opted out. Compliance is placed on the advertiser, not the platform, to handle enforcement of a user's option. Is this question specific to LDU or more broadly? And Tim replies, this is specific to LDU. Yeah, and Facebook, and so Simon replies, yeah, and Facebook does provide LDU columns if you want to upload a custom audience stating that they have opted out, but you can just purge them from the list in the first place to avoid pushing this data at all. And then going on to answers uh, to question six, we've got El Chase going ever so often. There are new regulations in the in businesses we have to pivot to. Remember Sarbanese Oxley? No, I don't. <laughs> As a society, we are constantly going to have new laws and regulations we have to comply with. Just a fact of life. And we will have more. And yes, same end to that. And ah, yeah, in, um, for what LDU means, Tim Halloran had actually given it in one of his answers that I mentioned before, but I'll say it again. Um, he goes, um, I asked my agency rep if limited data use, and that's what LDU means, um, is on. Does Facebook filter out CA users in customer lists? And she said, yes. I asked if it's the same for DPA, and she didn't know about that. And we've also got some more answers about the opt-in, opt-out. Cami Carras, she says, I'm almost certain this is a no-no. Specifically, there is a lawsuit pending between two major marketing automation tools that claims unfair business practices under this law. One is matching, the other is complying with the law. Cami Carras, um, she then continues, look up Bombora lawsuit against Zoom Info to watch this play out. So that's Bombora lawsuit against Zoom Info. And then we've got Jen Julia actually then making just a comment saying the hilarious irony of all of this to me is that if anyone besides us really understood how much data Facebook Pixel collected, um, they would be livid, outraged and demanding legislative action. And Tim replies, it's also ironic the platforms people choose to go after or not. I've never heard anyone complain about how much data LinkedIn collects and how it's used for targeting. Exactly. Julie replies, Facebook uses the pixels and let's not forget how much targeting we used to have when they showed us the data options from all the third party data they buy, like credit card purchases and such. I don't think any other network does nearly as much. Um, and then we've got Mark Gustafson replying to that, saying, I believe Snapchat still has these audiences. You can actually buy this audience direct now, too. I've been in conversations around leveraging Oracle's data as an example. Um, Julie replies, interesting. Yes, there are benefits not being the biggest. Um, and then Tim, Jans- Tim Jensen replies, totally valid point. And Facebook for sure is the most controversial in how they handle and protect the user data. Well, maybe outside of TikTok, but that's another story. Yeah, the TikTok, there's been some information that has come out of TikTok of how they do things that make me really wonder. Um, and then Julia rep- continues saying, I always tell people I am of two minds when it comes to this stuff, how I feel about it as an individual and how I feel about it as someone who helps clients adverts 
in the digital realm. That's very true. Um, Mike M replies saying, I've read that TikTok collects the most data way more than it should even based on granted permissions with data usage suggesting it may even access the camera and microphone when not in use. Yes, which is why earlier this month or was it last month, I deleted TikTok off my phone. Um, And then Rob Iannone replies saying, I don't think people really care. I think they would rather not have to click accept cookie on every single website they visit and will just go with it. Reminds me of when we had to click to accept JavaScript, which in hindsight is really ridiculous so where is it that you actually have to click to say i accept this cookies when you're doing like you use an app like tiktok or even like any other social media apps because i feel like there isn't a button that does that and those are the apps that really take the most of the data so i feel there's some legal actions to be had um based on that <laughs> anyway we've got julie giving us our last question of the day saying what if what if anything do you think will happen relative to user privacy in the coming year and um we've got julie starting us off here saying i predict the privacy will continue to get lip service will any real action be taken hard to say we have right now a lot bigger fish to fry on a lot of fronts um, and then we've got, um, yeah, Tim Halloran replying saying, I think the next shoe to drop is um, federal guidelines similar to GDPR in the next four to eight years. Till then, I hope other states adopt CCPA and don't make their own. Yeah, let's just make it the same law across all the states instead of confusing it between different states. Um, Dara Denny replies saying, I think in the coming years, Facebook will continue to strip away targeting options, which I'm not too concerned about, considering how great broad audiences are are performing creative will become more and more important yeah creative creative is always a big play in this especially with facebook um emma replies to that yeah saying saying yes creative is super important i think that the technical tools are so widely available that the creative side of your content is the only way to be different what can we expect in the future tools will become less important creativity will become the greatest tool Dara continues to that saying exactly Emma I think businesses will stop hiring for growth hackers and marketers and there will be a renewed focus on creators that can develop content even in my own job in the last three months there's been a massive shift for me to guide clients on content creation um and then yeah jake the ad nerd (laughs) replies saying creative is the play always was and always will be hoping my unique way of saying this resonates in today's dispatch um, dara continues saying can't wait frankly more and more of my job is becoming creative based um simon Poulton replies um they likely will although i don't know if it would be for privacy reasons unless they are forced i think it will just be letting the algorithm take over more to find the right folks and manual targeting options for the advertiser and yeah, Watson replies, hey, Dara, I have a question, though. Since overlap between audiences causes the ad fatigue, why duplicating ads and ad set don't cause it as well? Isn't that 100% overlap? And in reply to question seven, we've got John Kagan saying a lot of smoke and mirrors. Not a thing will change in the grand scheme, in my opinion. And that is our chat for this week, we've got, for this week even. We've got Julie saying thank you all for a great chat today. I'm sure that we'll continue to talk about this and we'll do another chat on this topic in the future. It'd be nice to have a ch- chat about the GDPR as well, although I'm not sure how many of the, um, of the experts on here are in um, yeah UK or Europe. Um, she continues, resources will be in the recap post I will be hosting next week, topic to be decided. So yeah, I hope you found that useful. And even if you're not, 
not based in the U.S. Um, took away some like takeovers and yeah, took away some take um, takeovers, some takeaways even um, in terms of things that may apply to how things um, panned out for you in terms of um, GDPR. Um, I think is yeah, it's just very important to do it right and not take you know not store data that is not needed from your consumers. Um, um, but yeah. I guess it's like it can be a bit of a red herring there, a bit of a fine line as to what is legal and not legal and what could be useful for retargeting for your own client. So, yeah, double edged sword there. Um, anyway, going to the answers to our quiz today before we uh, close up, the question was when did GDPR come into effect? And the answer is May 2018. Um, and the day, if you got that for your extra point, is the 25th. So 25th of May 2018 is where um, the GDPR came into effect. Um, the piece of legis legislation was put in, it was made in 2016. But yes, it took two years for that law to be uh, put into, to take effect with um, the accountant for us to actually see the effect on our on audience lists and like our audience data. So, hope you found this talk useful um, and took some great takeaways. And um, if you want to chat about this topic or any paid media or data analysis solutions, as I said, follow me, like, comment. You know, let's interact about these topics on my handle, MindSwanPPC. Um, and if you want to even also like look into some of the previous quotes, snippets of some of the previous podcasts that we've had, um, follow us on PPCChat underscore Twitter underscore Roundup on Instagram. And finally, remember for your campaigns to run smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye.